listening to Around Comics. The show needs the, the tension, the internal tension of someone who has to go to the bathroom the whole time, pushing the pace. I'm gonna I'm shut the door. Hold on. You're gonna. All right, wait. nice. Now what are you doing? I'm putting it together in IKEA. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> so while we while we record, it's a lot of Allen wrenches, man. <laughs> uh, uh. There we go. All right, are we ready to do this thing? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't. Sorry know. for the delay. My children were all crying at the same time. Oh, those little brats. Uh, they they always know when I have something to do <laughs> dad looks like something like he's like he's getting ready to do can something always yeah. we need to stop this now yeah exactly they are very intuitive and they know when it's like why is dad trying to like do all this by a certain time it's like we gotta we gotta slow this all down all right are we ready um Okay. Get your notes pulled up. There's notes. Tom hates everything. No. I don't hate, I don't hate, I don't hate everything. Tom thinks everything is stupid. It's all bad. Everything is bad. Everything <laughs> is bad. It's just... Comics if, are kind of stupid. If it was just be better. <laughs> Comics are kind of stupid. They are. Let's be honest. We're... Many are we gonna do? We'll, we'll, we'll. I'll gauge you guys after an hour and see how we're feeling. Okay, sounds good. Tom has crying children and a IKEA bookcase to put together. They should be. They should be fine. They should now okay. be asleep. They're drugged heavily at this point. They're drugged heavily. They they wore themselves out, driving me crazy. <laughs> I actually kind of love the idea of Tom at the end of the night using a, a blow darts on his children. Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> I wish I wish there was a fucking off button, but there isn't. They just keep going. See, mine are my daughter's at Great America right now, so she'll be oh, there okay, yeah. all night. And then my okay. son is watching the NBA finals without me, so I'm in a different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still. You're fun. in a different. You're in a different yeah. phase. Yeah. I'm bummed about the NBA finals. I was getting. I was getting uh, wrapped. Up in uh, in fear of the deer magic. I'll tell you, my was... son is a gigantic uh, Giannis, Giannis, yeah, fan. He bought it's his just, jersey. It's just, it's just Giannis. Giannis, Giannis. My just son Giannis. loves Giannis. Giannis is awesome. We love everyone. Everyone in Milwaukee loves Giannis. He is the best. He's hoping that when he's a free agent, he's going to leave and come to Chicago. But I told him, don't hold out. Oh, yeah. If he leaves, I don't think it'll be for Chicago. Yeah, right? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's what I told him. Like, why would like, he want to come here? This is the worst place for a basketball they, player. It's they, tough they, to they, explain they, to kids all that stuff. You're yeah. like, listen. Uh, <laughs> If he's going to go somewhere, he's probably not going to choose one of the weirdest to run franchises. Yeah. He's going to go somewhere. I had to explain to him why I thought it's called the Los Angeles Lakers. I had to sit him down and sort of break it to him that the NBA draft lottery may be fixed. And there was no (laughs) chance the NBA was going to let Zion (laughs) go to the Chicago Bulls. He will be a Pelican. Yeah. (laughs) 
We'll yeah. rather you go to the Pelicans than Chicago. <laughs> get ruined than get ruined in Chicago. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. Gian, Giannis, Giannis is going to get all of the max money from Milwaukee. They're going to give all, they're going to give him all of the money. He's he's pretty good. Well, they got him cheap, uh, so yeah. Uh, but they drafted and then he like grew like another four inches. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. Whew. Yeah. It's crazy Greeks. All right, we ready? We gonna do this thing? Yeah, I've been recording. Do you, do you want? That's fine. Leave it in. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, guys. This is Hot natural. Mic. Hot mic. All right. Count me in, Sal. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. I forgot. <laughs> in three, two, and one. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello. Yes. And uh, uh, Mr. Tom Caters, how are you? Hello. Theater of the mind. It can be anybody you want. I got so I'm I'm a DM in a uh, Dungeons and Dragons group, and I forgot my map uh, the other day. I can't (laughs) imagine you as a dungeon master. That sounds that I just I'm awesome. I just think of the hours and hours and hours of prep time that you put into. Oh no, (laughs) oh Sal, oh Sal, you don't know me anymore because i put no prep time into this one. oh forgot my fucking math and look and looked at looked at at my uh my, my crew and i was like tonight theater of the mind theater which is going with it exactly i love theater of the mind we're we're playing uh uh dragon heist it's water deep dragon heist yeah love it nice. i was doing ravenloft so it's yeah yeah, with my uh, niece and nephew and my son and daughter, we were we we're like halfway through the Ravenloft campaign book, which is pretty cool. But uh, it's you know the the D and D has gotten like weirdly popular. It's uh, uh um what's the the Kickstarter of the uh, uh, Tim Rackrich uh, Freaky Tiki's a big uh, uh, big fan of this uh, YouTube group that that. They had a, like a two million dollar Kickstarter. They're all voice actors out in in L.A. and ah, whatever. It's a uh, uh, I'll think of it later. But bunch yeah, of it's fucking com- nerds dot com. Yeah. <laughs> bunch of fucking nerds dot com. Dragon's Guild. So, but that that that's 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 role playing and, and not comics. And we're here to talk about comics. And so what's, yeah, because uh, we always stick right yeah. in that lane we, we can never talk veer. about dungeons we can talk about dungeons and dragons it's fine i think I, it's yeah i don't see there's anything wrong with yeah, that yeah there's wrong with that being a dm there's a lot of pressure involved um dude i forgot how much reading there is in being a dm read. i'm like what the fuck I, guys i'm exhausted just thinking about it like <laughs> i got to we are. I am so lucky because okay. So this this is like a next level nerdy geeky. So my curling club in the off season we use the warm room at the curling club for game night and we do Dungeons wow. and Dragons on Wednesdays. Jeez. And so it's, it's, like, it's like it's like Jesus Christ. It's like. <laughs> it's ten. It's ten curlers uh-huh. in you know at the curling club. This you know, is like coming season. all like, the way around. It's so fucking nerdy. It's almost <laughs> cool. It's eternal virgin. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what? But, so we, we we've grown it from five to ten. So now we actually have have two campaigns going at the same time. They're running out of the same campaign book, and I'm very much a junior DM, and, and the guy running the other one has has been doing it for a while, and so. Uh, it's it, it, at least like twice a night. I'll I'll like yell across the room. It's like, uh, Jim, uh, explain passive perception to me again. You know, just oh, you know, you're shit. pathetic. You're not a DM. <laughs> you're a fucking phony. You're not oh, doing it. Just the guy. I'm the guy that volunteered to run the campaign while everyone else could play. Dungeon novice. You're no master. <laughs> You're no master. Sir. All right. Enough picking on me. Well, wait. So I was gonna say. I was gonna say that they brought up some. It was funny because like, I, there's been two times now in my life where I felt 
oddly out of place in a place that I shouldn't feel that way. And it was one when I went and did some stand-up comedy at a uh, open mic, and uh, I and the second place was when I went to buy a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons stuff with my son, and. Both times, like, I walk in the place, and it's a bunch of nerds, you know, in a comedy <laughs> club, and then there's a bunch of nerds in a, you know, game store, and they You're look at among me, your people. But I you, should be, but I'm yeah. not anymore. They're not my people. And I don't, I guess I don't look enough like a nerd anymore. I'm not like, you know, <laughs> 340 <laughs> pounds. What do you want, old man? <laughs> yeah, they look at me like, I'm like, what the fuck? dollar suit. <laughs> 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 my Armani. I'm wearing my Armani suit and my Gucci belt. You know what? You know, parking the Lamborghini out in front of the. the <laughs> store, you know. It's just. It's a weird feeling. I yeah. I felt like a hot girl in a comic book store. It was like, <laughs> it's like, why is everyone staring at me? <laughs> well, the comedy store one. It was funny. I was I was sitting there at the bar beforehand. Uh, not the comedy store, but the comedy the comedy club that I went to to do an open mic. And this is a few years back, and I'm sitting at the bar, and I'm waiting, and, and there's a TV on, and it's um, the dude from The Nerdist, and then he did The Talking Dead. Oh, Chris Hart, 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 Hartwig. Yeah. You, you know I can't stand. I never liked that guy. but So I'm <laughs> si- sitting there, and there's this guy sitting next to me. He's another comedian, and um, we're talking, and we're talking. About, he asked me something about Hardwick or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I never really liked that dude. And he, he says to me, why, does he look like the kind of guys you beat up in high school? I'm like, no, he's a fake nerd. I'm the real nerd, you fucker. <laughs> That's awesome. But he was, like, oh, giving me the, shit, uh, like, oh, what, you don't like like him because he's a door, you know, he's a nerd? It's like, yeah, uh, really? That's that's what I get now. No, because he's, no. Oh, uh, spe- uh, speaking of stand-up, uh, Netflix show that I want to get your opinion on. Yes. Some interesting format. Have you uh, watched Bonding yet? I have not. No, I uh, I have seen the uh, whatever trailer for the trailer. The trailer. Uh, I mean, it's I like it so far. The interesting thing about it, I think it's like maybe eight episodes, and they're about seventeen, eighteen minutes an episode. Oh, so yeah, which is kind of the nice thing about streaming episodes or streaming TV shows or, or whatever is that, you know, they, they can be whatever they need to be. There's no reason to, you know, hit that like 22 minute, you know, sitcom benchmark or or whatever. Yeah. And it's also good because the first wave of breaking that we don't have to be 22 minutes long was like, we're going to be 35 minutes long. Yes. (laughs) This is too fucking long. For a comedy, so thankfully now people are like, well, actually we don't have to be that long, yeah. you know. Yeah. Instead, of fighting that urge to like, the thing we should do is make it longer. And, and I guess that is that is the thing I enjoy about that show is that they can actually tell the chunk of story they need to in about sixteen minutes, and they're it's very economical, and I appreciate that. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Yeah, I haven't uh, checked it out yet. I'll have to take a look um, at that. I don't know. It didn't seem like – there was something about it that I I was like, eh, I probably – It's it's odd. The, the little the little hook there is that the, the, the guy that kind of gets kind of rung into this world is that he's an aspiring uh, stand-up comedian – but is somebody are those scratch off tickets? I don't know what that is. I think Tom's building that fucking IKEA bookshelf. I'm just I'm building I'm building I'm just filing away. <laughs> whittling. Are you whittling <laughs> a unicorn? What do you? <laughs> I was just moving my chair. Oh, oh okay. 
He's the so it's the one of the half main characters, you know, co main characters. He's a he's an aspiring uh, stand up comedian, but he can't he can't perform in, in front of groups. But then he gets in, involved into this bondage. Uh, um, uh, oh, what do they call him? The 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 guy. Um, not a madam. She's a uh, dominatrix. Into this dominatrix business and finds out that he can he can actually perform for the as a dominatrix assistant. It's it's funny. You perform check comedy. So, uh, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's check it. You 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 may you may really like it, Sal. All right, I'll check it out. So, and Tom, you will, you as well, just not, not with the kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I watch everything with my kids. And, <laughs> but they don't get to choose. The harder they the better. Have to say, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. <laughs> I have not watched it yet. Is it good? Yeah, it is. It's brutal. Okay. Yeah, it's very dark. It's oh, not that. God. It's not, yeah. Oh, it's not surprisingly. Good, it's not the feel good series of the year. Uh, no, but somehow, even though knowing that it would probably not be that, they've managed to make it extremely emotionally brutal. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a nice, fun Russian rom-com. Yeah. That's what I was expecting, and not quite that. Not... I thought it was going to be like Veep. <laughs> but... I was hoping it was the yeah. next Veep. I was confused. Yeah. That's was gonna, like, the, 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 well, next year, they'll come out with the, the Putin cut, and it's going to be like, you know, Chernobyl meets Happy Days. Mm-hmm. And so that that will be the the the, the very uh, the very you know, it's always sunny in Chernobyl kind of kind of take on it. It's always dark and gloomy. Uh, it's like ugh. anything. The sun has been blocked out by ash, by yeah. radioactive yeah. ash. Well, while while we're on uh, TV and that kind of stuff, uh, has everyone uh, is everyone caught up on Doom Patrol? Has no. everyone seen it? I'm not. No. I oh, you haven't seen it. I haven't. I every time I go to watch I it, I haven't caught up to it. I fall asleep. It's let me. I'll only say this: it is. Um, it it absolutely stuck the landing. It was so so good. I can't wait for you guys to watch it so we can talk about it more. But Doom All Patrol, right. Doom Patrol is is by itself is worth your DC Universe subscription. It is, I love what I watch. So it is so good. It's ten, Once they get ten to the, episodes, right? Yeah. Once they, I think I'm on like seven. Mm-hmm. So fucking. Oh. The yeah, All the right, flex stuff down. is so so good. Ah, loved down. it. Loved Relax. It. Speaking of length of episodes, yeah. the one mm-hmm. thing. I, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I wish they'd just make these episodes shorter. Oh, of Doom Patrol? Yeah, just a little bit. Some of it, like yeah, the, sure. They're a little like. Honestly, like fifty minutes of just straight story is is mm-hmm. fucking long. Is really is like a long chunk of for me for someone who can barely pay attention to anything for more than like half that's, an hour. That's my problem. Is like I don't I if I have the time where there's not like you know a fight going on between my kids or my wife randomly <laughs> singing songs by you know Elton John yeah. or. Something going, my dog's, you know, trying to kill the mailman. If I do have time, it's usually late at night, and I, can, I can't I can pay attention oh, yeah. long enough. I fall asleep, or, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, just like it's yeah. hard to pay attention. If, if I find myself Classic pausing dad. it, on the, I, 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 I've, you know, I've watched it on the Roku. If I, I mean, if I, I get home from the factory, and factory. I pop open Jesus. a six-pack... I sit on the recliner, the lazy boy, yeah. old faithful, yeah. and the next thing you know, I'm, you know, saw yeah. wood. Yeah. Hey, if I I can watch, I my wife says that as soon as I lay down, she's like, he's falling asleep. It doesn't matter if I'm like, don't worry, put it on, I'll watch it. It's like if I'm in a reclined position, no matter, it is not a judgment. And whatever I'm watching or reading at that time, yeah, it's simply like I will fall asleep. It's just like, yep, I'm laying down. My body's just like, fuck you. You're not going to finish watching this movie that you enjoy. You are definitely 100% going to fall asleep. So it's always like, I'm like, oh, fuck. I gotta like sit down. I gotta 
like if I'm gonna watch it, I gotta make sure I'm sitting up the whole time. I can't lay down. Puts on a pot of coffee. Yeah, it's just like I gotta stay awake, guys. It's past ten. <laughs> this is I okay. <laughs> it's like, oh god. You have you haven't crossed that forty threshold yet, have you? Uh no, I have not. No. It doesn't get better. It just gets real tired. <laughs> it just gets, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I, I can't, I used to be able to read comics, uh, like horizontally, like, you know, my body being horizontal. Nah, now horizontal, you know, eight pages done. Asleep. I can fall asleep right now. <laughs> I've, I've done it on podcast. Okay, I can just before. lie down right now and go to sleep. Yeah, you have done that, Chris, haven't you? You've actually yeah. fallen asleep in the middle of a yeah. yeah. I mean, completely understandable considering. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I was gonna say it could have been because of the because of the company, and that's just for you, David. I love you. Uh, gonna get it. Gonna get a text about that. Uh, all right. So, what have you all been reading? Let's uh, let's uh, let's talk some actual comics here. Uh, 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 all right, so in, go in, first. All right, in anticipation of the Swamp Thing TV show coming out on DC mm-hmm. Universe, I I went back, and I have to I have to admit I am of of all the Alan Moore stuff uh, that I have read, Swamp Thing is one of those that I really haven't read his Swamp Thing before, and I haven't read I don't think any Swamp Thing really in depth. For more than a couple of issues, I don't. I think it's a dumb character, quite honestly. I've always thought Swamp Thing was kind of dumb. And yeah. After reading, I read. So I read. I went back and I. I first read the Bronze Age Swamp Thing Volume One. Was this um, the uh, when, the when we Bernie uh, Wrightson? Yes. And so what? It, what's it? Tales. What? What was the? What was the original? The the first appearance. What? Oh, uh, um, what comic was it? Oh but God! Tales, uh, Tales Googling. House of Secrets. House of Secrets. There you go. Number ninety. Uh, uh, July nineteen seventy one. Okay. First Swamp Thing. First Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, you bitch. <laughs> what is the first? Uh, yeah. So I, I read that, and um, you know, it's pretty typical sort of horror stuff. It's it's. It's, you know, it's every tour. yeah, every story in it is basically the same thing. Like, he's a monster, but he's not nearly as monstrous or horrific as the humans around him. And he's, you know, he's really uh, valiant and and brave and heroic. And it's really humanity that are the monsters. And that's sort of every issue. There's, you know, like thirteen issues in the first volume, and and kind of they're all the same. And I think why that that's why it sort of you know, petered out not long after that, you know, 13 issues. I don't even know how many issues the first run went, but... Are you, are you, uh, the the copy I have is the Roots of the Swamp Thing, the DC Comics Classic Library. Is that, do you, do you have it collected? Uh, yeah, I have, well, I got it from the library. It's the Bronze Age Swamp Thing Volume 1. Oh, so interesting. Um, okay. Same stuff. Yeah, it's different, the first the 13 issues. So it's it's um, House of Secrets number ninety two, and then it's Swamp Thing one through twelve, uh, I believe, is what that collection is. Um, you know, Bernie writes an art on it, phenomenal, awesome stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable, and you just <clears throat> you kind of look at it, and it's all uh, I I just see um, every like seventies acid rock band album cover <laughs> like every one of those artists was, was stealing from bernie wrightson right like that, yeah, that's absolutely. all i see like the the look and the shadows and just everything that he did but um i find it you know it's, it's interesting like in the very first issue in the house of secrets uh it's his best friend who murders him and turns him into the swamp thing because he's in love with his with his wife and he steals, ends up stealing his wife, Linda. That's the first first story, um, and uh, that they change that right away in the first actual Swamp Thing issue. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the case. They, it's a it's a corporation or like thugs that work for some company, whatever. 
um, that turn him into the Swamp Thing. But like I said, every issue is, I mean, they all look great. So it's worth a read just for Wrightson's art. They're, they're beautiful. But, sure. you know, and they're fun to read, you know, to a certain degree. But they all, it it's becomes a, form- a little formula. repetitive. Yeah, it's, it's, a, just, it's a formula. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, then I get to the Alan Moore saga, the Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing the Volume 1. And is that the first? Is that the first? C. What, was that was, was that his introduction to to, oh, to what, U.S. comics? Had he done it? What had he done anything else in the U.S. before? Because I know he had done you know like Captain um, uh, Britain and and that kind of stuff in the U.K. Um, was this the first first it may have first been. time? I honestly don't know, Chris. You're asking me. This I'm googling it right now. Google it, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, you know, because that seems. And not to short shrift Swamp Thing, but you just kind of said it. It's always kind of a, you know, it's an oddball character. Yeah. It seems like it makes a comic to, to test drive a guy on. You know, that was part of the, the British invasion of, of comics in the in the 80s. It's yes, all in these writers. Len mm-hmm. Wein hired him to write Saga the Swamp Thing. Um, it was a poor selling monster comic. Uh, mm-hmm. And him and Stephen Bissett, uh, John Totalben and Rick Veach ended up deconstructing and reimagining the character. Um, so yeah, it, yeah it, was, it starts at Swamp Thing twenty. I think 20, so. Is it twenty or twenty one? Twenty. Twenty wasn't ever published though. I don't think. Oh, okay. I I think there's something like like because uh, the collection I said said something about like never before seen issue twenty. Like, it wasn't published. I don't really... Uh, anyway. Okay. Matter. But, I, you know, I have to... The, I mean, I, I, I've talked about Alan Moore over and over again, but... You are a fan? I'm a bit of a fan of Alan Moore. Yes. But the genius... I mean, this is his first work, <laughs> now that we've found out. It's his first work in, in mainstream comics in the United States. And he takes this character, and what does he do? He analyzes it and go, okay, what's wrong with this character? Why is it not selling? Why does nobody give a shit about it? It's formulaic. But it's also that it's a human that doesn't want to be this character. You know, it's mm. like that angst that uh, Alec Holland has um, because he's been turned into a monster and he doesn't want to be the Swamp Thing. So what does yeah. Alan Moore do? He gets rid of that. He turns it on its head. Yeah. Turns it on its head and he turns him into something that's not a human anymore, who is just the Swamp Thing. And can mm-hmm. you can, like, get rid of that baggage. And that's just such a brilliant thing. You know, one of the one of the many brilliant things that Alan Moore is able to do in comics of just like looking at this and going, okay, let's just get rid of this baggage. Let's get rid of this problem for this character and turn him into something that he can be heroic. He can be something other than a human wanting to be human again. You know what I mean? And I thought that was really brilliant of him to do that. But unfortunately, as good as he is. It still turns into, I mean, he turns it into a more mystical kind of character and a more, you know, there's a lot, a lot more. I, I, I think he really embraces the horror aspect of it, and which is interesting that Alan Moore comes into comics writing a, a genre piece. He comes in really as a horror writer, and I, I think he, I, we talked about this on, you know, AC, you know, version one, Um and Tom, I think you mentioned one of the the uh, issues in this series that like actually scared the shit out of you. And I, I think to be a writer in comics and to do a to do a horror series and actually make it frightening, like fucking frightening, is is it's 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 almost harder than writing real comedy, and it's certainly harder than writing traditional superhero comics. Well, I think a lot of that, though, too, goes to the artists that were working on it, too, in that, sure. you know, Wrightson has a very, has like that, you know, like you're saying, that sort of acid rock 70s, like horror feel to it. But, um, you know, Veach and the other people beset who started working on it definitely had a, a much different vibe to their yeah. art than that, or it was much much murkier and like dirtier and creepier and like more like you got the sense of like 
a swamp is filled with like rotting stuff, you know, and like <laughs> that element of it was much more present visually than I think in the rights and stuff, you know, and it's like the, yeah, it, the original run of it was almost sort of like a, like a, a version of the thing, but sort of like done in like the horror tropes, you know, yeah. like, I don't, you know, it's been sort of done before like a thousand times. In comics, at least, yeah. You know, like, you, know uh, I, you, you talk about the swamp, and and we may talk about the the TV series a little bit later. But I think one of the things in 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 Tottleman's art and Moore's writing, it's not that it's not that the swamp is a place of decay where everything is dying. It's that the swamp is absolutely alive and just mm-hmm. you know burgeoning with with things that are around every tree stump or uh you know piece of fog that you know it's that's just slightly out of sight and there's there's a, a tension that builds in the atmosphere that's that's it, and I think you're right largely because of the art and they they touch on on swamp thing and that swamp as being you know living organisms that are are characters under themselves i mean the swamp is a character in that series well yeah i mean it's a very like uh it's a very astute observation by Moore to decide that no one gives a fuck about alec holland (laughs) so like why bother why yeah like why do you why does you end up with this structure where you're constantly having to return to this character that people don't see First of all, right? Like no one knows. Yeah. It, like then they probably they don't care, right? Like why would anyone care about this character? Well, you just, you just said it. We we we've done Ben Grimm. Yeah, it's just like it's hard. It's just like just it's a hard thing to do that, you know. So it's like yeah, just get rid of get rid of the guy no one cares about. Well, and especially <laughs> since you know the 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 heart of it is with that character at that time was just, he just wanted to be human again. So it's like, well, if you're never going to turn him human again, yeah, it's like, okay, which you can't. Cause then the book's over at that point. Although eventually yeah. he does he show up do. again, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it was a weird thing. Um, and uh, like I said, a brilliant thing for, for him to figure that out and just like, let's move past it. Let's do something else with this character. And I think one of the interesting things he also does in the book is he introduces so many other characters that have gone on, you know, to, to be, uh, interesting characters on their own, whether it's John Constantine or, or, um, uh, what's his name? Blood, uh, did did Lucifer come out of that tree? Um, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, Lucifer and yeah, Constantine and um, is it Damian Blood? What the hell's his name? Jason Blood. Jason Blood. Jason Blood. Um, yeah. And yeah, just uh, you know the, the sort of wide range of characters that he introduces mm-hmm. in it and and wait, Jason Blood is that the demon? The demon. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, wait. Yes. Uh, uh, wait. Is that who I'm thinking of? Maybe I'm thinking of a different character. Well, D- Demon shows up Etrigan, in, in Swamp Demon. Thing. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, which was not an Alan Moore. That's a Jack Kirby. That's a Kirby, but kind of kind of like d- certainly changed the character. I it's it's a great it's a great character for for Moore to to get his get his uh his teeth sunk into. But yeah, I mean Constantine is I mean that's the one. It's, yeah, I guess I'm just thinking because no swamp thing. There is no Constantine. Before this, did we really see Jason Blood as any type of no. entity? You know, it was always Etrigan the demon. It, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know the history enough about the okay. about that character, but um, I guess that's I think, why I was thinking that. Yeah, I mean, like attaching him to Swamp Thing, I think definitely put a different sort of tilt on what the the demon was, right? Because I think by that point, the demon had essentially been sort of a short-lived series that Kirby had in the 70s. I don't know if the demon was really around, you know, right. like, or of, or of, like, a significance to anybody, any other characters, really, like, in the DC universe 
on any level, you well, know, like. And the way that he uses them, he's much more um, nefarious, you know. Yes. Wait, you, you mean a character like the demon fits into a into a, a horror comic? Yeah, pretty well. a little bit. Yeah, yeah pretty well. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, that, I mean, the cool thing was that, yeah, like, the Swamp Thing had so many great ancillary characters to it, you know, which seems... It's kind of amazing in a way, right? Like when you have one book that comes out once a month, you know, and you can build this huge, this sort of like universe around Swamp Thing that feels really deep and like with all kinds of characters in it. But you're not doing it like, it's not like you, you know, have a a whole universe of books telling that story, right? You have Mm -hmm. one book telling that story of like, you know, which is sort of, uh, you know, that's why Alan Moore is... Uh, it's interesting know. because it really, in rereading it, it reminds me a lot about, like, Sandman and Gaiman's universe that he built <laughs> out of that book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all these the, the, the sort of uh, mm-hmm. magical, mystical creatures. You know, with with Alan Moore, it was the green and, and, uh, and that whole sort of universe or part of the universe. And with Sandman, it's obviously the endless. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it really lot... it, it sets it sets up the same template for for Hellblazer, you know, because Hellblazer kind of sets that yeah. world and has all of the ancillary characters. So it really is kind of the the template for what would go on to be, you know, Vertigo's long longest running series yeah. easily. Yeah, it's interesting how how so much kind of grew out of it. But at the same time, I still sort of Vertigo think that Swamp Vert- thing I mean, is yeah. is dumb. Like, it's kind of just a dumb character. Like, all this, like, Moore was able to do all this really cool stuff, you know, but, I mean, from the very beginning, like, Len Wein thought of the character on the subway one day and just started writing it, and, you know, they made this book, and it it didn't do very well, and then Alan Moore, you know, comes in and does an amazing job, but it's still, like, you know, he ends up being sort of a totem more than anything else, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he... He doesn't affect it's, it's that much change. Mind of a shelf series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's just I, I, so it's funny. Like I always thought he was kind of dumb, and even after rereading all this stuff or reading it, I kind of still think he's dumb. But I still, I, I guess, I appreciate the <laughs> the world that came out of it more than I do the character itself. Yeah, like, Swamp Thing is kind of a dumb character. Yeah, most characters. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a Swamp Thing, yeah, right? It's like yeah. yeah. It's kind of hey, have, have you all seen uh, have you have you seen the the DC universe series yet the the first episode not yet I did I did watch it what'd you think I mean I have literally heard nothing about it I don't know I, I haven't looked I, I don't, a lot of problems with it you had a lot of problems with it <laughs> yeah there to I mean I didn't have problems with it it was it was entertaining enough I thought uh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, it wasn't. So you, you you know the TV shows that are supposed to be set in Chicago, but they're so obviously not Chicago. And yeah. I'm looking at you, Mike and Molly, and 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. many many other. You know, it's the, it's the Hollywood version of of Chicago. Yeah. And any time that I call it the Doc Hollywood South, you know, any time that there is a uh, a show or a movie that is supposed to be set in in the American South. It is populated with really beautiful people, or just so obviously fucked up weird people that they it's not it's not reality. Um, it's one of the things that I think I, I I told you guys I I was gonna have a weird uh, uh, point counterpoint. It's one of the things I loved about Justified the series is that it showed rural Kentucky in a modern, contemporary way that wasn't either... Oh, pan- come on! Those pan- people... Pan- look, look at... Oh. Every character in Justified, other than uh, the main... You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, was a fucking weirdo. They were all either yeah. meth heads or fucking lunatics or some sort of assassin... That Pretty was not, accurate to Kentucky. That was not fucking the <laughs> South any more than 
you know, Kentucky Fried movie was the South. But, it but certainly more, certainly more believable than I look at. I look at at Swamp Thing, and it's like this is a Hollywood set. And so that that was that was one of my first big problems with it is that the, it, it's the it's the glitzy, grimy version of of the South. And and then there's the other thing. It's so one. Spoiler, there's an attack of a big plant creature, and they have to burn this thing. Um, at what point was he ever a smoker in the series where he would have a Zippo lighter in his pocket? Really? That's what you're picking out to, to have a problem with the guy? Had a... It's just bad. It was bad. It was not bad. <laughs> I think you're nitpicking, like, yeah, two, I, two things you went very like odd. It. He had a lighter. It is a lighter. What's, I have a lighter in my pocket yeah, a lot of times. I just have, just, you do not. If um, I'm out in a swamp, I absolutely would have a lighter. You on. might have to burn something. Yeah, you got to burn something. So, Start a fire here, to stay warm. I really wanted to like like Swamp Thing. I, it was the problem is that I, I just watched the first episode of Good, Good Omens and then watched Swamp Thing, and so I went from. It's like this is really good. To eh, this is we'll see. It, it's I'm gonna keep watching it, but I didn't think it was uh, great the first episode. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Uh, great. I, I there was things I liked about it. I was interested to see like what angle they were gonna take. Whether they were gonna take the Alec Holland is a monster, and which evidently that's what they're gonna take. That's what um, they're gonna do. Yeah, um, as opposed to sort of the more uh, divine Swamp Thing as the protector of the green. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll mix that in, too. I don't know. I mean, it was hard to say in that first episode because it was it was all preamble. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, there were things about it. So you're going to be – so another thing. You're going to be in a murder scene, and you're going to be hacking away at samples and also jamming out to music so you don't hear anything. Thing around you, it was like, fuck, really? It wasn't really a murder scene. He wasn't murdered. Yeah, there was a goddamn. There was a body, but he wasn't murdered. Nobody killed him. It was a dead body. He wasn't a murder scene. It's... It wasn't a murder scene. He wasn't murdered. You can't call it a murder scene. It's a crime scene. It was, it was a crime. Scene. It was a crime scene. Not this, a scene. ladies and gentlemen, this is a murder scene. <laughs> Well, the guy wasn't murdered. I put my headphones in. Technically, and, he died and, of natural causes. <laughs> yeah, technically. I was like, seriously. Oh, Swamp Thing should know. say that after he kills somebody. <laughs> he died of natural Swamp causes. Thing should turn to the camera and say, it looks like he died of natural causes. <laughs> That's his catchphrase every time he sees someone. Yeah. Whenever I break into someone's house and there is a, a dead body of obvious... Um, um, you know, odd circumstances. I'm going to throw some headphones in and uh, start hacking away at the floor. And if some uh, police officers happen to stumble upon me, I will uh, be shocked. Well, <laughs> granted, okay. To counterpoint your terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, a counterpoint is it was it was a day later after it had happened. Nobody had showed up. The cops even said, "Yeah, we didn't bother checking his house because." His boat was gone. So, I mean, he was under the assumption nobody was coming because nobody had come. Here's so the other why thing. why would he be concerned? Where does, the, where, does the, where does the dog pee? What dog? His dog. I don't fucking know. That, why do you care yeah, about the, that the, stuff? The, Jesus Christ, it, what that, kind of fucking <laughs> weirdo cares about the fake dog on a TV show where it pees when it's in his lab? Who Gives a shit. <laughs> it's in a lab on stilts in a swamp for yeah, days. Yeah, wherever. Just... Exactly. It's a uh, yeah. It's I had a lot of problems. Evidently, none of which had to do with story. <laughs> it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah, Good Omens was better. Eh. Oh. You just like it because they're British. It's like uh, all your it's all your favorite British people together in one show. He tapped into my angle file. Yeah. It's, it's the end it's of the world. It's a nuts. With an English accent. <laughs> Sounds funny. 
If it's um, within I, the- I, I've been reading the book, um, Good Omens, and I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. It's really, uh, yeah, it's. I don't think I'm a Terry Pritchett fan. Because um, you know, like the Gaiman. Yeah, I like Gaiman stuff, but I'm not. I don't think I'm a Terry. Pr- I don't know. That's why I was going to ask you guys: Have Have either of you read any of Terry Pratchett's work? Have you read no. Discworld or anything? Because I'd be curious. No, no, nobody's read it. I mean, it's I very haven't. well revered, but I've never read it. And Good Omens is just like I didn't. Well, Gaiman, Gaiman and Pratchett have done some other stuff together, right? This is not their no. first collaboration. This is their only or... collaboration. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is the only thing they ever worked on together. Um, he was a big fan. Gaiman was a big fan of Terry Pratchett, and uh, he was very happy when Terry suggested that they work together on this. But ah, I'm okay. about halfway through the book, and it took me the first episode of the TV show to understand what the fuck was going on. Because okay. The, because the book is just so all over the place. And Terry Pratchett does this interesting thing where they he doesn't use chapters. He just keeps writing. And oh, you kind of okay. have to decide where chapters end and begin. <laughs> so, like, All right, here we go. Yeah, it's a little weird. And so, I, like, reading the book, I'm, like, trying to figure out, like, there's all these characters and all these things happening. And it seems like a really basic, like, a really good concept. For a story, it basically the idea is like you have an you have an angel and a demon, and they both have been uh, you know um, assigned Earth, mm-hmm. uh, and, and get to like it, and they get to like it, and then they find out that the apocalypse is coming, and they don't like that idea because they kind of like sushi and rock and roll, and <laughs> you know they like humans, and they're sort of happy you know, with their job and they don't want things to change. So now they have to stop the apocalypse. It's a great concept, but the story is so fucking meandering and like, I want to say ridiculous, which is hard to say when you're talking about angels and demons and the apocalypse, but it's like too, um, it's too silly. Like it's too like goofy for me. For to... it's it's like the first episode was very much set up as it's a, a supernatural buddy flick. Yeah, that's how you kind of I think love, it's going to be. Which I love. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't really end up being that. At least not from what I've seen. I don't know. It's mm. it's odd. The book is. It's been hard for me to get through. Um, just because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know, I don't know. I, I like the first episode. I've only watched the first episode of the TV show. I liked it. Me too, me yeah. too. I, I, I enjoyed did. it a lot. I thought it, it weighed... I love the, the three-card money with the with the babies was great. Uh, well, that's why money, I, right? I, like, I was like, oh, now I understand what's going on. Like, I couldn't grasp that whole concept from the book, like I, the whole part with the nuns and the babies and the birth and the different, like I could not understand what the fuck was going on. And then I watched the TV show. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, that's like a third of the fucking book is is getting to that point. (laughs) And like, they do it in the first 10 minutes of the TV show. I'm like, Oh, well that makes complete sense now. But like the book, I'm like trying to get through all this weird shit with these different mother mothers and children. I'm like, what is going on here? I don't understand what's going on. Um, yeah, it was, is it it written with, is it written with an English accent? No, no, No. I don't think so. (laughs) I literally cannot understand it. (laughs) What the hell is going on? What is a lift? What is a lorry? There is what some do you of mean, that, dude? actually. It's a fucking trunk. Uh, yeah. It was, it was uh, another, also also British, also David Tennant. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a book that Tom had suggested, The Adventures of Luther Arkwright. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah. read, I read the graphic novel, was completely fucking lost, mm-hmm. and then listened to the radio dramatization where, where Tennant uh, plays uh, uh, Arkwright, and it wasn't until I listened to the audio drama that I actually understood what the fuck was going on. There you go. Sometimes you just need it in a different format. I just yep. need someone to explain it to me. That's all. <laughs> Please <laughs> tell me what's happening. So what is this? What? I know that book is is 
revered. Like there's a huge fan base for Good Omens, and and people love that. But yeah, I was just having a really hard time with it, and, and I may not finish it. I may just watch the show. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's okay. Um, a difference between uh, um, Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol and Titans and Good Omens is that you want to stay up tonight and watch all of the like six episodes of Good Omens, you can. Um, do you like that as opposed to how DC Universe um, releases an episode every week? Um, part of me does, but part of me doesn't. Uh... Like, there's a part of me that goes, oh, I wish that I just could watch all of these. But I'm not going to sit and watch all of them anyway. So I wish I could just watch, like, two at a time. If they could just release, like, two a week, I'd be happy because that would be more than enough for a week for me to watch. And and then I'd be, oh, that's enough Swamp Thing or that's enough. I don't need all of them because I I don't have eight hours to sit and watch them anyway. So um, I, I... You keep I'm cutting looking out. Looking forward to Fridays. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, but you keep cutting out like mid sentence. We're only getting half of what you're saying. Oh, but it's the good half. It's, it's the good half. <laughs> I mean, that's from what I hear. It's the good half of what's happening. It's the good stuff. I, yeah, I, I found myself looking forward to Fridays so I could watch the next episode of Doom Patrol. Uh, well, yeah, that was the thing, too. Like, with Titans and Doom Patrol, I didn't mind it. Like, it did def- definitely, like, build anticipation. Like, okay, well, now I'm I'm looking forward to something to come out. I, I was doing that with, we talked about last time, with uh, what we do in the shadows, because that was on FX, and I was watching mm-hmm. it as it was coming out week to week, and it was like, Thursday nights were, you know, I'm like, okay, it's Thursday, I'm going to, after the kids go to bed and everybody's asleep, I'm going to sit and, and uh, watch what we do in the shadows on, on Thursdays. So there is definitely, I don't know, maybe I'm just built like that because I've grown up watching TV that way. I like both. I like being able to, if I want to watch three episodes of something back-to-back, if I really get into something, I'll do that. But I kind of also like going, okay, I have to wait for the next one. It doesn't, like, it doesn't kill me. I'm going to watch it if it's good. Mm-hmm. I think, I you know, I I like... I like having it spaced out a little bit because I think sometimes binging shows uh, hides some of their weaknesses because you don't have time to think about anything. It's so like, I need to see the next one to fulfill this thing that just happened at the end (laughs) that then after a while, like when you sit and think about it, you're kind of like, what happened in that anyway? You know, like it's sort of, to me, like if I still like something enough to like watch it every week, it means like I actually like it, yeah. as opposed to like my lizard brain has been activated. You're just by, like you're just but, trying to fulfill yeah. that cliffhanger. You're just trying to answer yeah. that cliffhanger that they leave you with. It's like ah, I want to know what happens in the next one. You know, like there's a little bit of that sometimes when I fall into doing that. That I'm like, but wait, do I even like this, or am I just <laughs> you know, like I'm not pausing at all to be like, huh? I that like was, this show. It's just like, I must just see the next one immediately now. That happened. And they build shows now specifically just to do that. Yes. Like I was watching the yeah. show. Well, there's a show on Netflix. Orange is the new black. Yeah. yeah. There's a show on Netflix called um, Big Little Lies or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, yep. uh, bunch of big stars, a bunch of big act- name actresses. Isn't that it. the, HB, the it's on HBO, isn't it? Is it HBO? It, it yeah. It's HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah. And my wife is very upset because the first season was the was the novel, and now they have a second season, and she's oh, not no. happy about oh, it. Shit. Oh. They're going off book. They're going oh, off book. No. Going off book. Pulling a, that's HBO. That's what they do. That's the Game of Thrones. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Hey, you wrote but, one. We need two. Well, <laughs> guess what? We're just going to fucking make it. But the whole like first it. season, like every, at least from what I've seen, like every episode they keep telling you someone has died. Like, someone in this town that apparently you know is dead, but they then they just flash back to what's happening, and they never tell you. So it's like every episode you're waiting to find out who's dead, and they never tell you. So it's just it's just this fucking tease every single episode to keep you watching episode after episode after episode. It's just like, fuck one. you. I just want to know who died. <laughs> Tommy. 
But it's just that thing of like, I don't even know if I like the show. My wife was watching and I started watching it and I just, she, we, we got through the first episode and she went to turn it off. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know who died. I got to watch the next episode. Don't turn I, that off. The show that was the ultimate, gotcha. yeah, gotcha. the show that was the sort of ultimate binge thing was, uh, I started when I started watching Battlestar Galactica after like a oh, couple yeah. seasons had already gone oh, by. Yeah. yeah, and it, it was very much you know. I borrowed Chris's DVDs because I was like three oh seasons God. behind. I, I, didn't just, I hadn't, didn't have kids. I think my wife was in grad school at the time, so like I literally had all the time in the fucking world, and I would just fucking watch episode after episode. I just fly through them. Yeah. Then eventually, I was like, wait a second. There's stuff happening in this that I don't think is good. It's good. Is this any good? But I just, I just like flew through it so fast that it's it just like heroin. I was it's like, just, like just wait, why did they? Yeah, like what? So everybody, everybody knows each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're just triggering that dopamine rush in yeah. your brain, and yeah. you just want more of it, and you just keep watching. Yeah, I think I still have your DVDs, by the way, Chris. That's fine because I think I still have some of your uh, DVDs. Oh, <laughs> I think I have your Alien box set. You son of a bitch! I've been looking for that. <laughs> like, where, how did what? Everyone's a Cylon. Those people are Cylon. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. this was really the plan from the beginning. You know, like that. But when you're watching it, you're Wait, like, oh, how did both oh, is have it? Jimi Hendrix? I don't understand. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> it brings up a really interesting thought about, like, is this why we find, you know, so many people so violently disappointed with the end of episodes? Because they've been teased and, you know, sort of triggered over and over and over again, episode after episode, and you're you're building up this sort of anticipation, yeah. and it never can fulfill in the end because... You know what I mean? Like it's it's like we're yeah. gonna give you a a little, you know, a little bit of crack every week, just a little bit, and yeah, and you're just gonna you know get want more crack and I, want I, more I, crack, but we can never I give you some, enough crack. I have bad yeah. news for a lot of people out there. Making oh, a making a fulfilling series that hits every beat and ends at a point that satisfies that satisfies everyone that that reads, listens, or watches it is really fucking hard. No, but what I'm saying is it is it <laughs> it's, it's hard to do that. But is it also like creating unrealistic expectations because every episode and Game of Thrones did it in mm -hmm. every episode and every season especially, they would leave you with these cliffhangers. I mean it was episodic yeah. where, you know, Every week you're anticipating, waiting for the next week. And so you go through week after week, season after season of doing that. Your anticipation is going to be built up to this level that they could never satisfy the craving that you've now built into these I'm, viewers. You know what I mean? I I'm, think that going, I'm, go I'm going to begrudgingly give a compliment and bring this back to comics and oh, my no. my major complaint with with Brian Bendis is that he never finished a goddamn story ever. It always led it springboarded and led into the next thing. Right. And he would even talk about it. it's like, well, you go back and look at what Stan did, and that's how they would do it. It's like you would have a minor wrap up to a story, but it would always lead into the next one. And so there was never a point where you could, you know, tie a bow on it and 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 say this is this is done. And is that why? Is it because there was never any um, any way to to end it? Uh, to, they didn't to have to end it. it. Whenever never it works yeah. if you don't yeah. try and end it. But if you try and end it, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a bunch of people that are not satisfied with the ending because yeah. I need answers. They just want more. If you you could just yeah. keep making up. Look at The Walking Dead. They just keep making it. It's the same fucking thing over and over and over again. But yeah. if you try and end it, you're gonna have a bunch of pissed off people. You're better yeah. off just keep making it. Just it doesn't matter. Just keep like, making cliffhangers. Just get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> make it until it gets canceled. Yeah. Just make Game of Thrones until there's until there's nothing left. 
Yeah, well, I think people would be more satisfied than if you ended it. Well, obviously, but I mean, if you just kept making episodes, you know, as long as you're stringing them along, it's it's a drug. People are addicted, and, and well, you, why, all of a sudden you it's, cut it's, off it's the addiction. It's why Firefly remains so fucking popular yeah. is because they never got to fucking end it. You know, they they had their their movie, um, which you know for me, you know, it, it kind of ended that series and and said what they needed to. But I, it, isn't it the series that never get the the rightful ending that remain? You know, have this hollowed. Yeah, or hallowed place of of fandom. It's like we finally got a Deadwood movie uh, this week, which I haven't seen yet. I did. For, I'm I'm looking forward to, to to watching it because I don't feel like that series ever got its its just due, and so you know maybe it's better when things don't end. Well, right? it's like uh, going back to you know Jimi Hendrix or any of the you know musicians or actors that die very young, and everybody you know all of a sudden they're legendary, and it's mm-hmm. like oh if only they were slow. Yeah, well maybe maybe Jimi Hendrix starts putting out some really shitty music after 15, yeah. 20 years of, mm-hmm. of you know what I mean, or or you know he turns yeah. into you know, some lame fucking you know country music stars <laughs> who knows but it's always the ones that are you know we we sort of imagine the greatness that we're missing because they were cut short whether it's a teacher mm-hmm. or an actor or whatever it is hey, i mean i like firefly i liked firefly it was very good but like the the people that are still like begging for the reunion show of that. It's like, yeah, those people uh, are fucking old now. I don't think you really, you really need I don't them. think you want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there, it's gonna, there's going to be a, a, a relaunch of Buffy. Have you heard oh, this? A relaunch or like, they're, it's, yeah, they're going to, they're going to do a, they're going to do a new Buffy series. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Why not? I mean, you can redo yeah, anything. Sure. sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I don't know if it's a redo or a or a. It's a relaunch. It's, is it it's a re- reunion though? Is it like the original cast there or brand new actors? Is it a reboot? A relaunch? It's a right. relaunch. Uh, it's a, re- a reunion re- because they're going to use old cast members. Will it's going to be a continue? It's going to be a continuation. I think it they is. should relaunch Mash. Some of those guys are still alive, right? Yeah. Alan Alda's still around. It was the greatest. Alan Alda just act like it's still the Korean War. Yeah, absolutely. Like, still, that, was that. Great, that was a great last episode. <laughs> it, was. it was. And then they did Aftermath. I didn't. I don't think I ever saw Aftermath. Yeah, you and a lot of other people didn't yeah. see it. Shall we? Uh, shall we wrap this one up, gents? Uh, sure, we can. I mean, I don't know if we have anything we're else. About, we're about we're about an hour, right? We only, we only talked about like three things, but yeah. That's, That's okay. Fine. People can Thanks. come back in a couple weeks and listen to everything else that we have to say. All right. I guess so let's wrap. Yeah. How do we wrap it up? Yeah. How do we, uh, how do we uh, wrap see, it up? See, here's the problem, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we can't end it. No one's going to be satisfied. Be We've been God, giving them the little taste gonna... of the good stuff yeah, for an hour. An hour so like, now it's done. It's it started off strong. They had good conversation. We, we covered some TV, Petered some out. comics, and they just didn't know how to wrap it up. Sal it's just stood there looking out of a window for the next twenty wow. minutes. Yeah, what the good. fuck happened? Uh, it's the uh, around comics episode three hundred five. Can't stick the landing, right? <laughs> At least there we didn't jump the shark. Start. Did we? Jump, yeah. Did we jump the shark yet? Yeah, we did that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's, I, I, I've yet to watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah, really? I feel like I yeah. I, oh, hmm. I would think you would. I like read it. the first book and I was like, eh, I'll, you know, I'll get around to it someday. Yeah, I guess yeah, I don't know. Let all the, let it all die down. Let all the hysteria. Yeah, I'll sit down and just. I read the book, the first book. I was like, yeah, that's good. I don't know if I want to read a bunch of these though. So then when the TV, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to. These big thick ass books where he's like talking about what's on the fucking dinner table for yeah. five pages. So like, the show definitely does a good job of cutting out the fat because he writes yeah. a lot of stuff as like, oh Jesus, yeah. I don't need to know that person. That cousin like, the fourth uh, cousin of you know 
<laughs> Perhaps when I was younger, I, I would have the wherewithal to read these books, but now I'm just... I'm running out of time, Tom. I don't have time for some 600-page... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to die someday. I get a lot old. Totally. I can lie down and read this book. <laughs> I, I will definitely fucking fall asleep. When I, when I have to flip back and be like, who, wait, who's Theon? Like, like wait It was second. good, man. Who is this character? What you is still this? Yeah. The show, though. I swear. You, I, the what? Three seasons of the show, I still couldn't figure out who everybody was. Like, what? Wait, what was that character's name? Oh, no. What's the guys with beards? <laughs> Sound yeah. like got like a different outfit on. Oh. So I was like, oh, fuck, I haven't seen you in like four fucking years. Why are you back? Yeah. So, well, anyway, let's, let's, let's wrap this one up. Uh, want to, uh, um, oh, also wish everyone uh, 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 happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope you had a, a, a wonderful time with your friends and family and had a couple moments of, of reflection. About, Chris. And had a couple moments of reflection <laughs> for those who have paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Thank you, Sal. It's too late. <sighs> It's like two Horrible. weeks ago. What are you talking about that now? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. I mean, like, Go put on you your platitudes, your bullshit Memorial patriotic Day. platitudes on Facebook yeah. like everybody else. Come on. <laughs> I didn't go to like a shoe sale or anything like that. So actually. We're talking about 4th of July. <laughs> We're yeah. like probably. Yeah. Uh, I hate both of you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Everyone's gonna look like what? When did they record this? Happy Boxing Day, <laughs> everyone! Sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Around Comics. We'll be back everybody. in a couple of weeks Thanks. with another episode. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. Happy year! Happy New Year. Happy Easter. <laughs> it was Easter like a month ago, right? Two months ago? Three? It's not too late. Hey, whenever you only record once a fucking month. It's Jesus' birthday. We can talk about it any time. Wait, right. no. <laughs> Alright, give me a... I got a beat.